this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine. Welcome to Strangers No More, where all people are loved with the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In the household of faith, there are to be no strangers, no foreigners, no rich and poor, no outside others. As fellow citizens with the saints, we are invited to change the world for the better from the inside out, one person, one family, one neighborhood at a time. Thank you, Andrew. Hi, welcome to Strangers No More. I'm Maggie Slight. And we are here to discuss, you are called to preach my gospel. That's the lesson. It's so cool because I kind of feel I love like that, Maggie. Sorry. <laughs> well, two of us are are, are are mission ward mission leaders, and one of us is also mission related with the Temple and Family um, History Consultant. And Bradley's a member missionary to the nth degree. So <laughs> I, I just really felt that this this lesson was us. <laughs> but Dennis, I see a green straw in the foreground. Can we take a minute to discuss something? <laughs> of course, Maggie. And, and this goes back to a conversation we had personally last week so that the viewers are aware of is I am so concerned about avoiding the appearance of evil. And he had given me um, this mug because, and this is like a 30 something dollar mug, because I like drinking out of straws. And they now apparently did away with straws because they're killing uh, turtles, apparently. And so I was telling Maggie that I have this mug, but I'm afraid to always drink out of it because on the other side of the label, it says Starbucks. The Starbucks mug. Yeah, and it's something well, I, that- I yeah, so I, I have even, you know, spending nine and a half months in Utah, I avoid Starbuckles, as I call it, because I, I can't, I'm, I hate coffee. I'm not judging you if you'd like it. I just say, I personally don't like it. Maggie personally doesn't like it. And, but I, I, I love it. I, yeah. I mean, really, I hate this. I, I when I, in my rebellious days, I used to, that's, that's, I love it. It's you do? okay. Oh wow! So it's no. a sacrifice, <laughs> it, and I—it's not like I drink it. I haven't drank it in years, but in my rebellious twenties, when I was doing other rebellious things, I'd also do that, and I—it is a sacrifice to not do it. See, other members of the church gave me such a bad time because I didn't have to give up coffee, and I happen to live in—I mean, I, I literally live. Hello, Seattle. Two hours. Like, yeah. <laughs> south of Seattle, there is literally a Starbucks on every corner where I live. So, but I cannot stand the smell or taste of coffee. And in fact, I, I get angry at grocery stores that put the coffee on the same aisle as the cereal because I happen to like cereal and I don't like it smelling like coffee. But my, when, when Dennis and I were talking about this over the phone, we decided to bring it up in the show because for me it is, is it avoiding the appearance of evil or is it unrighteous judgment? I think it's both. I think it's definitely both. 
Well, I mean, so one of the things I, I've had is I used to, when I um, used to be able to go in person and do lessons with missionaries, I would love, we would go to the supermarket and I would say, let's meet inside, believe it or not, Starbucks, because I'm with people with black badges. So I'm not in the Relief Society room like I'm in now, but, and so, and I'd, I'd buy them a hot cocoa and it's like, and I knew that we wouldn't be, I wouldn't be judged. But when I was in Utah for nine and a half months last year doing devotionals and book signings, I would never meet somebody at Starbucks because I didn't want somebody to say, oh, that convert is walking out with a Starbucks cup and he must have fallen off the wagon. So, okay. yeah. So, so there's, there's a few ways to look at this. Thank you. Um, there's a, so I think, I think we should apply all the, the standards to ourselves and leave it alone to other people. But with that being said, I think it's very okay for Dennis to sit and go, you know what? I don't want to appear to other people that I am drinking. I'm not fulfilling the, the covenants I've made, right? My it grandfather was very much the same way. My grandfather loved hot chocolate and at home, he'd have no problem drinking it. If we went out on a winter camp out, he'd He'd drink hot chocolate, not, no problem. But when he stayed in the care, care center near the end of his life, he was very concerned about people thinking he was drinking coffee. And, and when we talked to, I talked to him about it, he wasn't, I thought he was worried about people judging him. And he said, no, I am, I am very important. Uh, it's very important to me that my integrity remains sound. Um, and so there's a different way to look at it. And I think when we apply our, the standards of the church and the standards that God has, has given us inwardly and to ourselves, that's a good thing. But when we take what we, we've applied to ourselves and, and judge someone else based on that, that is not our place. That is when we cross over and we are doing Satan's work because Satan thought he was God. Satan thought that he, he, could, he could do what Christ and God's role was. That's not our place. And, and so we need to stop that, turn it inward and apply the atonement and the standards to yourself and know where you, you, you go. So I like that. Bradley, do you have any perspective in this? Yeah, I think it goes back to this conflation we have with uh, being a brother's keeper and being a brother's judge. Um, mm. That being a brother's keeper means you take care of one another doesn't mean you judge one another and you dictate how they should live their life, especially um, when it differs from how you live your life. Because even within the church, um, we all know what the standards are. We know what the practices are. We know the doctrine. We know the policies. We, we're pretty familiar with it. Um, but a lot of it is up to personal interpretation of what you feel like, um, how it applies to you. And so, um, I do think we have a really big problem with judging people and, and doing it in the name of brother's keeper um, and saying, oh, I'm just trying to look out for you. I'm trying to protect you. Um, something that I hear very often is, is the analogy of like, oh, if you were in a burning building, I would want to like run in and save you. It's like, okay, well, you're assuming that I'm in a burning building and you're not also in the same building <laughs> because ah. we're all sinners. I can't save you. You can't save me. It's Christ that saves Exactly. Um, it's like you're running to save someone else while your back's on fire. Yeah. It's like, you can't, you can't be doing that. And just because mine is more visible, turn around, your fire's bigger. <laughs> like, yeah. um, yeah. I just, I really think we need to step away from the, the judgment 
of of certain things and um, because it's, mm. it's a lot more complex I like, than that. I like that perspective. Thank you, Bradley. Well, I will personally say that my uh, personal boycotting of, of Starbucks has nothing to do with the fact that they sell coffee, but more the fact that they aim their sprinklers at the sidewalk that I have to roll down. So that's my own personal boycotting. <laughs> yeah, but they make a great caramel apple cider and I love their cookies. Cookies. So we all they save me when own. I travel this country for my work. It's it's so nice to have a Starbucks to have have business conversations in. Sorry, it just is. They have they just put in a Starbucks right across the street from BYU campus. Oh my goodness. Really? <laughs> I was gonna say, oh my gosh! It's like, it's like brand that's new, what, that's and it they, is the most busy business on that whole street. I am oh, like, wow! My jaw is. We so totally need a picture of that, Bradley. We need I, to totally make a meme of that because that I was just, I was just thinking, like, if you go to UConn, where I went to college, or even Yale, they have Starbucks on every corner of the campus. And I said, well, you don't find that when you go to BYU. And you just said. <laughs> well, it's do. the second one. There's there's two now. So. They're not on campus, but they're just adjacent. It it's on like. Cougar Boulevard. Oh, man, uh -huh. that's sacrilegious. <laughs> <laughs> Cougar. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, so uh. do we have anything more that we want to add about what we learned this way? Wow. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, you know what? That was a, that's actually really good. I'm good with what we just discussed as what I learned this week. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Me too. Bradley, how about you? No, that's good for me too. <laughs> okay. I think well, we're then. all speechless. I think we're all speechless, Maggie, because my jaw is still like, there's a Starbuncles, because I call it Starbuncles. Mm -hmm. like, well, well, when you and I discussed the fact that we needed to bring this up as part of one of the shows, we had no clue that a second Starbucks had been built <laughs> next to Because <BYU>. I'm in Washington State and you're in Connecticut. <laughs> Actually, we're losing Starbuncles because I... Um, I, I just was driving by three of them in one day on a strip and they all had signs closed, closed because COVID has shut them down. They used oh, to be wow. open till 10 and then they started closing at six. And now they're just, they have like barricades, Jersey barriers. Yeah. I heard this morning that we have a worldwide coffee shortage. Oh, because people are probably home during COVID just going. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure why that is, but well, I'm very thankful that will not apply to me. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really interesting. I was like, hmm. Well, I don't have to worry about that. But <laughs> there's going to be a lot of very stressed out people around. Maybe that's an opportunity for us to love them more. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's what I yeah. was thinking too. Is that that does affect a lot of people, and even though we have the standard of not, I think we need to minister to those people that could be having a hard time because they need their coffee. Absolutely. It's an opportunity. So, Andrew, why don't you <laughs> introduce our lesson that very much <laughs> centers around ministry? <laughs> so, uh, I think you could retitle this lesson as The Field is Wide Already to Harvest, um, the, the, the sequel, or, you know, the, the, the sequel trilogy, because we've had how many, how many lessons where we've, we've addressed that. And so, 
there, there's a, a lot here about preaching the gospel, about talking, uh, opening your mouth. And, and this is some of the very early scriptures that are given in Revelation to, to why we're a missionary-oriented church. Um, why, what, what happened early on and you know, what kind of doctrine was being taught as people were being called to go on missions and specifically um, uh, the Ezra and Northrop. Um, uh, and I don't, I don't know much about them, but they were being called in Doctrine and Covenants 33 to go on a mission. And we are now, we are now going back to that, that effort of missionary work, which, which continues to come up now. And um, this in, you know, in, in our most recent general conference um, last week, I'm, I know there was, there was, I, I, you know, there's so much to say about missionary work and missionary work is leading uh, us out. And it's how the Lord ministers to people outside of the church, not just inside of the church. Perfect. Thank you, Andrew. So Bradley, what did you get from this lesson? Um, let's see. I think, honestly, a lot of what I got out of it, I kind of already mentioned a little bit. Um, I just think it's, uh, we kind of need to change our perspective a little bit on what it means to be a missionary and minister to other people. Um, it's not a, oh, I'm here to save you and I'm here to, to bring you out of this burning building. It's a, let's, let's focus on Christ. Let's focus on um, his hope and his joy and his redemption to us. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of what this is all about. Thank you, Bradley. Dennis, how about you? Well, you're going to have to cut me off because I can go on for hours about this. But, you know, being the, the first counselor in the Elders Quorum Presidency, I always lead by example. And I feel that ministering is something that's so important to me because through ministering, we get to see, like, I have a personal blessing that happened two Christmases ago. I was ministering to a family and I had noticed that the child was opening up the refrigerator and there was no food. And then somebody was opening up cupboards and it was, they were barren and they were going, mommy, what are we going to eat? And I had asked them if they needed anything and, or can I bring a meal over? Or, well, I can't cause I can't cook. So my concept is ordering a pizza, but I'd call the Relief Society, which I'm in the Relief Society room now. So, but it was, um, and I was able to bring that to the elders quorum and to the bishopric. And we were able to provide them with presents and a month's worth of groceries. And that wouldn't have happened had we not ministered. But look at the reports, just like, you know, um, our friend gets where it's just, it's like Andrew gets, is we can see the zones of the reports of who we have to call and, and do our companionship with. And it's like, I look at other people and it tells us right now, 0% of the interviews are completed in district one, two, and three. And that is unacceptable in my, my book, unacceptable because and it, ends in, it ends in a few weeks or in a week. So I need to call everybody in, the, in my oldest quorum presidency and say, we need to complete this. We can't have zero. We have to be at 100%. 
Andrew, what did you get from this lesson? So again, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a ward mission leader, so I'm very focused on this concept. Um, I've, been, I've been the ward mission leader now for a year and a half. And from the moment I was called, uh, I was put in uh, the, the, the talk given, uh, I think it was in 2019, it could have been 18, by Elder Uchtdorf about um, missionary work means sharing what's in our hearts. It changes the perspective on, on what missionary work is. I, um, I have a, a, a dear friend of mine who's my assistant ward mission leader. Um, and he's, a he's, he's an alcoholic and he'll, and he's, he's gone through the 12 step program. He's something like 30 years sober or more. Um, and it, he has a very interesting perspective on it. He says, he says that AA does not do missionary work. In other words, they do not go out and actively recruit yet. They're constantly getting pe people in there. And it's, and here's, and here's the reason they do is because they share what they were like before and what they're like after and be it. And, and, and it's interesting when you, when you look at the, like the, the statement in the lesson today, it says, yea, open your mouths and they shall be filled saying, repent, repent, prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his, his path straight for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We sometimes take that as very aggressive, repent, repent, when repentance means change. And when we, we talk about how, I changed and, and how I've made the, 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 uh, I've worked to make the path straight of the kingdom of heaven at hand. People then go, I want to be part of that because uh, I have that same problem or I've had that same issue and, and they see what changes like it. And, and so sharing what's in our heart is, is part of it, but also kind of along what Dennis said, um, the term minister or ministering, um, it, it's been very clear to me through, at least the, in my uh, ward, in my ward mission, as, a, as the ward mission leader, that um, ministering, a uh, missionary work means ministering to everybody. And, and so we've laid, leaned into doing service for people. And the missionaries in our er area, we've just looked for service and continued to look for service. Look, how can we help others? And guess what? People respond to that. They 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 don't they don't care how what you know until they know how much you care. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, when I was studying Doctrine and Covenants thirty through thirty six, I just kept feeling a reaffirmation about the call to record and produce this show. <laughs> I mean. When, when I read the, the, the words, God has never hesitated to call upon the unlearned mirror. <laughs> unlearned right here. <laughs> I am as amateur as amateur comes. Um, but I kept, from the time I was baptized, I wanted to share the gospel. I kept saying, I want to be a missionary. I want to be a missionary. But it took me several years to realize the reoccurring calling that I was given was that of a missionary. A, a temple and family history consultant is a missionary calling. I am called to preach the gospel to the dead, 
<laughs> I am called to connect the dead to the living. I am called to help that connection happen. And in that, bring more people to our gospel. And it's an incredible joy that I get to experience that. Maggie, if I could just add to that to validate your testimony is in our, um, we're the Boston mission, even though we're in Connecticut. So being the Boston mission, the elders I have serving in Glastonbury, Connecticut are serving, they're in charge of family history for the entire mission, not just the Hartford Stake Center, but the entire mission. So they manage the Facebook page for Family Search for all of the Boston Island, Connecticut mission. So you are right, that is a missionary calling. And I think people overlook that like, oh, you know, you have to be a genius to be in Family Search, but it's still a missionary calling. It's absolutely. And actually, it was mentioned in Rich Tech um, a, a few weeks ago that it is a missionary calling. A couple of people have talked about that. Can we talk about Rich Tech for just a second? Sure. Can you share what happened with that speech that I was watching on Sunday? Okay, so Elder Holland put together this, this presentation, just fantastic. And it's, it's a rather long presentation. And in I had watched part of it on during the time Roots Tech was live. And when you sent me that link, I brushed it off and said, I, I watched that when Roots Tech was live. But then a, a still small voice kept nagging at me and said, no, you didn't. No, you didn't watch it all. You need to watch it all. And so then I went to click on it and then I watched the rest of it and Elder Holland in the part that I hadn't watched brings up the L LGBTQIA people and in, in so much more that I had not yeah. even. Well, he also, he didn't just bring up them. He brought up anybody who is single in our yes. church. Yes, the singles. You are, or if you're a faithful LGBTQIA person, you will receive, you know, we don't think you're going to be alone in the next life, you know, in the celestial kingdom. We know that you are going to receive the blessings of being a full temple recommend, a member of the church of Jesus Christ. And that just, I started bawling. I had to send it to you. And then when you replied back and said, oh, I already saw it. I said, I was going to say, of course you did. Of course you did. But I had to get on a missionary coordination meeting. So I ignored your text. And then <laughs> you texted me back with that miracle. And I was like, and then you tweeted about it. So I just, cause I felt compelled through the Holy Ghost to send it to you. And then I was like, then I was like smacked down because you're like, yeah, I already saw that. And I'm like, of course you did. <laughs> but when I'm wrong, I, I, I try to admit it. And sometimes I even tweet about but it. But <laughs> that's not why, that's not why I was bringing it up. I want people to know that, that haven't seen it because I'm a perfect example. I can't watch everything. And but thank you. Yeah. Thank you for bringing up also what he said about singles, because I also wanted to mention in um, the Liahona for April, they have a whole uh, article about singles and I have yet to read it. <laughs> I've got it marked. <laughs> so do we want to add anything else about the lesson, Andrew or Bradley? I'll, I'll, I'll just, um keep talking uh, there's a there's some really strong um verbiage in this lesson 
um, that I think is just, is quite poignant. Um, and and I, I kind of pulled off of it. I was trying to find it again. Um, okay, so, um, you know, right from the beginning, I love the, the sound of a trump to declare my gospel unto the crooked and perverse generation. Uh, sometimes I, I, I struggle at the crooked and perverse generation, but I think, I think what it means is this, that that's what this world is. The world is, is crooked and perverse without Christ's atonement. It'll always be that way. And so the idea is to, to lift everyone up who might be looking down and, and, and that sound of doing it with the sound of the trump. I love the, the imagery that they, they, they talk about throughout this, this, this lesson. And I love the, um, the, the idea about, yea, open, open your mouth and spare not. Um, and, it, and that's the idea of sharing what's in our heart. Open your mouth and spare not, and you shall be laden with sheaves on your back. That, that means that when we go out and the field is wide already to harvest, that when we come back, that harvest will be significant, that we have to carry it on our backs. But it also, it, it has some, the feeling of that when we commit covenant with each other, and so when we bring people into the gospel, we also carry them on our backs. We carry each other on our backs by covenanting to each other. And, and that's what I mean by um, missionary work means ministering to everyone. So that's, that's what I have left. I love that, Andrew. Bradley, do you have anything more? Not for the lesson, no. <laughs> Okay, I, I do want to share because the lesson happened to um, include a bit of Parley Pratt. I'm going to open up um, Parley Pratt's autobiography and share you share with our listeners a little bit of the uh, testimony of Parley Pratt when Hiram Smith gave him his first Book of Mormon. To my great joy, I found that Jesus Christ in his glorified resurrected body had appeared to the remnant of Joseph on the continent of America soon after his resurrection and ascension into heaven, and that he also administered in person to the 10 lost tribes and that through his personal ministry in these countries, his gospel was revealed and written in countries and among nations entirely unknown to the Jewish, Jewish apostles, thus revealed, written, handed down, and preserved till revealed in this age by angels of God, it had, of course, escaped the corruption of the great and abominable church and been preserved in purity. This discovery greatly enlarged my heart and filled my soul with joy and gladness. I esteemed the book or the information contained in it more than all the riches of the world. And I really believe that that is the true essence of what we feel as converts, that, that Brother Pratt was able to put that into words when he first read the book. So that's what we're trying to share with the world. Okay, so why don't we go ahead and go around this little Zoom table and get some love and light out for the week for our audience. Andrew, why don't you start us off? 
I, I can't stop that you um, thinking about the fact that you brought up Carly P. Pratt. And first of all, I love the, there's the old church film called How Rare a Possession. Go Google, go Google that, go YouTube that. And it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. But what I can't stop thinking about is the story of Parley P. Pratt, who was felt called to serve a mission um, before he ever was even, even knew about the Book of Mormon. Or the, he felt called from the Bible to serve a mission. He knew in that, that what he was, was preaching was from the, the truth, but that he was also searching for God's um, kingdom on earth, which he hadn't found yet. And he sold everything. He sold his farm, he sold everything, and just started. He didn't know where he was going. He was, they, they were trying to move to wherever they were going to move, and they were on the Erie Canal, and he told his wife, I've got to leave. I feel compelled to leave and, and go preach to people on the, on the shoreline. And he got off the canal and preached to people, and that's where he came across the Book of Mormon the first time. And the and the when he it wasn't even his he he borrowed the copy and literally read it all night, and then he gave it back and then he seek seeked out um, um, Hiram's well Joseph Smith but he came across Hiram Smith and and I to me I, I don't know how I would be about you know just giving up everything without knowing what's going to happen other than the fact that I feel called to do it. That's a, that's a, it's, it's an inspiring story to me. And I, I think his, Parley P. Pratt is one of my favorite characters from, from character, real life characters, but characters from the history of the church. Yes, mine too. Dennis, how about you? I'm going to be really quick. I mean, I can testify because my first calling was word missionary. And, and a lot of, you know, my story, I looked up at God and said, why me? And I had to Google it when I should have been saying, what do I need to be learning from this? And then shortly after I was ward mission leader and I've been ward mission leader forever. It's been almost three and a half years now. And Eldos Quorum, uh, first counselor for the last year and a half. And I just know that through doing missionary work, it leaves the adversary at bay. And if you are struggling with a testimony, immersing yourself in missionary work, we'll say adversary be gone. Because when you're serving him, when you're serving God, there's no time for the adversary to get in the way. So immersing yourself in member missionary work or service is a way to build your testimony. Wonderful. It is. Bradley, how about you? Yeah. Um, I want to bring attention to, um, I guess, the difference between a formal mission and an informal mission, because I think when we talk about missionary work, we're often referring to like the, the elders and sisters that are called to serve for 18 months, two years. Um, and I, I think about like the every member a missionary sort of thing, um, because we don't, we don't talk about the uh, ministering that we do and that we're called to do as just regular <laughs> members. And then also those that um, don't serve full term because um, those people are just as important and, and need to receive that recognition for what they did do and what they continue to do, even though they're not a formal uh, missionary. And so I think um, that's kind of what I want to emphasize is remember that you don't have to be a formal missionary to be a missionary. 
Wonderful. Thank you, Bradley. I want to say out there to our audience, God has never hesitated to call upon the unlearned. If we can do this, so can you. <laughs> if, if sharing with strangers your testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ is difficult, try this. Try something that I've done. Try sharing what you learned in your gospel studies with those people who are assigned to minister to you. If you look in your LDS tools app, you'll see if you scroll all the way to the right-hand side, you'll see that you have assigned people that are ministering to you. And if you're feeling self-conscious and just don't know who you can share your testimony with, but you wanna feel, do you wanna share that testimony? Share it to your ministering brothers, share it to your ministering sisters, share it with your elders and your sisters, share it with our, our missionaries. They're always looking for testimonies. They always want to listen to your testimony, but share it because the more you share your testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ and of your relationship with Jesus Christ, the more that you understand that relationship that you have with our Lord and Savior. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't hesitate to share this. Share it with your ministering brothers and sisters. And share it with your family. We thank you for joining us. We hope that your week ahead is full of the love in light of Jesus Christ. We love you, and so does God. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let it shine.